Welcome to the North Seattle Parent Education Podcast, and thank you for being here because this podcast is designed just for you. We know that parenting takes a village, and we're here to help. Tune in while you're working, driving, even cooking, and we'll provide you with valuable information each episode to support you as a parent. North Seattle Cooperative Preschools are held at many locations for ages infant to five years, plus kindergarten class and other community sites. And remember, we're always enrolling. And now, here's your host, Tanya Hino. Welcome to another episode of Parenting Takes a Village. Today, we will talk to Kyle about the importance of exercise and sports in children's life and their lessons. So here's a little bit about Kyle. Kyle is a former teacher who's leading fan development for the Seattle Kraken. He took on this new role after eight years of teaching history and social studies and is on a mission to ensure access to hockey for non-traditional hockey communities throughout greater Seattle and the Pacific Northwest. Kyle grew up in Eden, Minnesota and started playing skating at the age of four. Kyle encouraged you to step outside of their comfort zone and use on ice and off ice experience in part life lessons. To learn more about Kyle, please go to our website. Hi, welcome Kyle to Parenting Takes a Village. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Kyle, tell me a little bit about yourself. I grew up playing uh, hockey and, and growing up in Minnesota, which is a very cold place. Mm. A lot of people get into hockey. Uh, mm. So I started skating at the age of four and then playing wow. hockey at six years old. And it's uh, just kind of a big part of the culture there. And neither of my parents are from uh, Minnesota, but uh, my, three, my two siblings and I, the three of us, we were all raised in Minnesota um, and loves all sports, but in particular hockey. Um, and so it's been a big part of my life. After going to college, I became a teacher and was teaching in inner city St. Louis and then Boston. Uh, and then I moved to Seattle to teach high school history at Lakeside School. So I was a teacher and I uh, was doing some coaching and one thing led to another. And now I work for the Seattle Kraken. Wow, that's wonderful. So why do you believe that sports and physical activity are important for children? Yeah, I think there's I think there's just a ton that young people obviously learn in different settings. And, you know, as as a former teacher, I'm a big advocate for schools and formal learning and everything that happens um, in a classroom setting. Uh, But I also know that um, a lot of youth learn, you know, outside the classroom as well. And they learn from uh, their arts activities, whether that's music or drama or dance and so on and so forth. And I think athletics is another one where another great space for young people to express themselves and learn valuable life lessons, make connections between what's happening in the classroom as well as uh, how they can be successful in in a sport. And so I think physical activity is is important for, for all kids, but in particular, I think it is something that if started young can really establish a really healthy lifestyle for a person throughout their whole life. So there's just a, a ton that that physical activity and sports offers. And yeah. uh, so I'm excited that we're bringing uh, a new activity largely to Seattle. Yeah, that's great. And both of my teenagers are very physically active and very sporty, watching them lose or not being chosen. Like when my oldest plays baseball and then he's not in the lineup, it is so similar to life skills. You know, you just have to like deal with losing, not being chosen 
and work really hard to get to a place so that you actually are in the lineup or yeah i think that's spot on i think that sports are a really safe place to fail i think that sometimes failing in in class and in an academic course can really be uh difficult right for a variety of reasons and and can say a lot about um what is or isn't happening in terms of learning um and and similarly you know in other spaces there they aren't as many places where you can make really big mistakes and, and have it be okay and i feel like sports is one of those places where of course you're going to fall down of course you're not going to make every team of course you're going to strike out and i think that's something that like you can see in professional sports even to this day you know the greatest basketball players still miss you know yeah. Like, yeah. and i think that's one of the things that um makes sports really unique in terms of learning about uh, challenges and, and learning about adversity because everybody faces it obviously in different ways exactly. uh, but everyone everyone faces it when they're when they're engaged in sport one of the things that i see some parents do i never did that maybe because i'm from another culture but i saw a lot of parents get angry get angry at the coach or get angry at the referee or they try to persuade the coach to get their kid in there what are some of the negative effects to children by parents who save them that way yeah i think a healthy response to a parent who's seeing someone struggle or, or a, an upset child to want to step in but as a as a former coach and as a teacher i think it's always best when those parents can kind of hold off and stay at bay and and reserve judgment and of course we want them to be an advocate and a cheerleader for their child but they also have to understand that the young person is learning in a variety of ways and, and progressing in a variety of ways and that not everyone's going to excel at the same rates and not everyone's going to kind of get treated the same because not everyone is the same and they play different positions and they have different skill sets and that everybody has a role but not all roles are, are exactly uh, the same or exactly equal and, and I think one of the things that's important is to kind of think through equity issues when, when especially when it comes to those, those conversations because of course every parent would like to have the extra time <laughs> with the coach and every parent would like to would like to have more playing time for their kid or every parent would like for the referee to change a call yeah. um, but not every parent right has that access has the resources has abilities i guess to say that they want to enforce or try to change the system or bend the system to their yeah. will because certainly every parent would want to do that but i think the key thing is especially in youth sports today trying to continue to to make it a space where kids can just be kids and kids can be their own coaches and their own teachers. Really, really important. It, it's so hard. I know that we want to prevent our kids from failing. Failing is part of life and making mistakes is part of life. And we can rescue our children. Sometimes that we rescue them and advocate for them. And there's sometimes that we actually need to let them fail. It feels better when they accomplish something on their own or with their own efforts. Yeah, I think that's key. I think the, I think kind of, the long-term goal setting, short-term goal setting too, but the but just goal setting in general for kids around sports is so powerful because you know in basketball it's always you know great when when a young person can dribble with their left hand or their non-dominant hand or they learn how to do a layup or they can shoot from the free throw line or they make a three-pointer like you know moving along the 
the levels and and for us in hockey we see a lot of that with with goal setting but in all sports i think that's one of those things it's hard to it's hard to capture that in some other settings right in in school for example not going to feel the same when they're you know writing their first sentence or they wrote their first essay although some might really really enjoy it i think most kids won't really remember that moment but <laughs> in in sports they will certainly remember their first home run they'll definitely yeah. remember you know winning a, a certain game and and i think that's something that goals that they set for themselves the amount of hours and practice and practice that goes into sports ultimately helps them really kind of set goals and achieve goals and and mark their own progress yeah that's that's the beauty of sports and i really honestly believe that it really goes in correlation with life because if you want to be good at math you have to practice and practice and practice and practice and then you'll be able to solve that uh, awful work problem that you don't like and but you need to practice yes. we have a say practice makes the master or practice yeah. makes the teacher in spanish so in your bio it says you connect with children through sports tell yeah. me a little bit about that yeah so i think kind of one of the things that that we're always thinking about in terms of teaching sports but in particular hockey because it's a new sport with the kraken is really kind of how do we make a connection between the sport and what's going on in in life and so I'll give you kind of two examples one is off ice which is kind of like ball hockey or street hockey people play in their roads sometimes and then one that's on ice at our at our ice rink so in ball hockey and in street hockey really the the kind of one of the big lessons that uh is important early on is that youth use their teammates in order to have success when they first kind of pick up a hockey stick for the first time or they're playing in the street with friends kind of every kid goes to the ball mm-hmm. and they're all kind of just like standing around each other and they're all just whacking at it and the ball doesn't move it doesn't really go anywhere usually someone gets hit in the shins with a hockey stick <laughs> and so like there's there's a moment there where we have to say like okay pause like we're all going to spread out mm-hmm. you're going to try to get a pass over to this person so that you can cooperate with each other because then you can play together and it's way more fun to play together and cooperate than it is to everyone to stand around and and all just hit at the same ball and not have it move very much uh and then you'll be able to like you know pass it and then pass it again and eventually score a goal and so the the real lesson there is is more about teamwork and how much fun it is to play with people rather than just playing by yourself which is something that most kids are like oh yeah i i enjoy it more when i'm when i'm with my friends and then for on ice hockey you know one of the first lessons that we ever do is is really kind of talking to to kids about putting skates on and of course when they get onto the ice for the first time they fall down and it's uh, one of those sports where it's a, it's a great equalizer no matter kind of who you are or where you're from or who your parents are everybody falls down uh, yeah. the first time ice skating and so the lesson that we that we teach and connect to kids around is that it's important that you learn to pick yourself back up and that it's important you know everyone's going to fall down everyone's going to to fail at this uh but what we want to teach you first is how to pick yourself back up uh and that failing is okay in this space and place and that everybody's going to encounter this challenge and so I think that's again just another life lesson that most kids are able to understand like yep I fell down but now I need to pick myself up and once I do that enough times I'm going to I'm going to keep going and and have a lot of fun 
Oh, that's great. Yes. And having that trust is easier in sports to be, especially at that age, to be vulnerable. And then we start getting guarded. The older we get, we get guarded. But when you fall on the ice, you need to trust people and you need to be vulnerable because you're going to fall. And now as adults and older children, teenagers, it's really hard for them to have, be vulnerable because they're afraid to be judged. Yeah. So that's a wonderful way of that, that example. The two examples you put in about teamwork and trusting your coach, trusting the process and that you're going to fall and you need to learn how to get up and yeah. trusting the process. That's wonderful. Yeah. And I think that's one of the challenges that ice skating and ice hockey, figure skating, other ice sports really face is that it is a sport and activity that is really embraced by young people. And I started at four years old at the Kraken Community Iceplex, you can be three years old and start to Whoa. get on the ice and skate. Yeah. And so we see a ton of early mastery at that age, three, four, and five. Then it is harder for, a, you know, a middle schooler or a high schooler to kind of get out there and feel as though they can uh, really learn the game and embrace the game or, or even an adult uh, we have adult learn to skate classes. We have adult learn to play and, and welcome in new adults all the time. But it is, wow. it takes, it takes a little bit of time and it's a little uncomfortable to, to yeah. try something and knowing that it's going to be a little awkward at first. But, uh, you know, like you said, if you stick with it, stick with the process, it, it's really wonderful in the end. Uh, yeah, it, it must be really rewarding to know that you can go from not being able to being able. Yeah. It's just an amazing process. I know that force and physical activity are essential for children, especially now with the social media and the phones. What are some tips that you can give parents, educators out there, if they're not in sports, to make sure children are active? I think it's one of those things that's really changing our, our sports landscape in ways that we just never really anticipated just how addicting uh, devices could be, especially for young people, phones and, and social media, the internet age in general. I still remember, you know, world books and encyclopedias and going to a computer lab or where the computer stayed in the computer lab, but but that's uh, that's not that's not how it is anymore. And so I think one of the things that that we always say is key for for young parents and our parents of young children to to play alongside their their participant. You know, my parents were not hockey skaters or hockey players in their youth, but they always came to the ring, got really invested in the game, got on the ice a couple of times, but were always like really encouraging and and really wanted to be there for us and in terms of encouraging our, our kind of active lifestyle. So I think playing alongside is always key. And like you said, not even necessarily in formal sport for just various other activities, whether it's roller skating, rollerblading, going on bike rides, going on walks, going on hikes, etc. Finding those activities, uh, whether it's an individual sport or a team sport, and and you know, making it making it just as engaging and as rewarding as some of the social media things, you know, doing challenges, doing points. I think, you know, the gamification of various things always encourages young people to be really competitive, getting badges and stars, et cetera. But yeah, I think that's, I think it's a, it's definitely a challenge today. And, and I think too, the other challenges like you, we kind of touched on already, young people feel like if they're not the best uh, and if they, if they can't kind of post about it, 
right? Or share how good they are, or how talented they are. They feel like it's not worth doing. So, so trying to develop that, like you said, that, that growth mindset, that long-term yep. um, and goal setting is also key. Yeah. What are your first steps if a family or teacher out there have not tried much physical uh, activity would be the first steps that you recommend make some steps toward more of an active classroom or a more active family? Yeah, I would say that the first steps really are to, to me just finding the things that they can do right where they are at their house, in their, in, in class, for whatever space they're in. Um, I think the, the one of the great things that, that I found that we found is, is just, you know, looking at things on, on YouTube mm-hmm. and, and finding a great personality. There are so many physical videos, you know, getting active stretches and movement activities that you can find right on right online that make it easy to get engaged at home following, even if it's not necessarily, again, something that I always look to. But if you if you are on social media and you're following a team or an athlete, finding out a little bit more about about their routines and what they do, how they get prepared for their sport or activity. And I think that can always be a great source of inspiration is seeing someone that young people look up to, you know, sharing a message about being active and uh, some of the ways they stay active and, and kind of leaning on that. Is food correlated to force and physical activity? Yes and no. I think food is obviously eating healthy, being healthy in terms of choices is something that I know is is top of mind for many parents. I also know that for a lot of our parents, they're, they're on the go, you know, <laughs> they're, they're getting from work to school to an activity to help homework time and, and helping kids with, with everything else that's going on in their lives. And so I know that food sometimes is what's convenient and not necessarily what's always the healthiest. But I think it's all—it's always about trying to find a balance uh, and always trying to kind of encourage that balance and standing that for young people in particular, what they eat and what they're exposed to young will obviously make a big difference in their teenage years and make a big difference in their high school years and in college and when they're making their own food choices for the first time, oftentimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so trying to balance those messages is is really, really important. But yeah, you know, I, food and culture and community, I, I think is, is, is in the conversation with mm-hmm. sports, but I don't think it's necessarily uh, like a one-to-one Okay. You know, ratio. I, I don't I don't necessarily subscribe to the art playing sports and you're eating a certain way that you're as healthy as you could be because yeah. I'd be healthier. And if you're eating a certain way, but you're not playing any sport, you know, I, I think there's there's room for balance. Yes. And what are some other skills or abilities that that sports or physical activity teach children, in your opinion, besides winning and losing and determination and what other life in your opinion? Yeah. Yeah, I think we, we've touched on a few of them so far, but maybe one that we that we haven't talked about as much is I think sports ultimately are are just a great a great vehicle for kind of like societal lessons about kind of going different places and interacting with different people. And, and I guess I'll give a, a few examples. Yeah, I grew up just outside of Minneapolis in Minnesota, and sometimes we would go and play teams. Uh, that were an hour away or, or two hours away. Wow. Uh, and and that oftentimes, those communities look very different, right, than the community that I grew up in. But it was a great way to interact with young people or to see 
people from a different community and to, and to learn a little bit about where they're coming from. And, and so similarly, I think even within Seattle, we have uh, very different neighborhoods across Seattle uh, and, and people love their, their Seattle neighborhoods, but I think it's people into different neighborhoods, right. And, and hopefully seeing a different part of the city or interacting with different businesses or different community members or different restaurants um, and not just kind of staying in there. Uh, smaller bubble. Yes. Um, and so it, so it encourages, I think, you know, just a, a broader understanding of who you are and where you are. And, and, you know, if you go up to Bellingham or if you go down to Vancouver, Washington, or if you go to Portland, or if you go to the East side, yeah. uh, you know, I think there's, I think there's so many, so many things that are just learned via sport that aren't necessarily actually about the sport, but are about our larger society or community. Yeah, that's so true. I didn't think about that. It kind of forces you to take you out of your comfort zone and have a communion with other neighbors that you'll never choose on your own to yourself. Oh, I'm going to go eat here or I'm going to, yeah. and that's a wonderful and a great way to notice how schools and elementary and middle school high schools are as well because I live in, in the north area and the high schools over here, my Latino friends, when they go see them, they're like, oh gosh, these schools look like private schools. Yeah. And and then you go to the south area, they're like, oh gosh, what's going on in here? And yeah. you see clearly the the economic status mm-hmm. and what parents are putting in besides the taxes mm-hmm. that we're already paying, they that their fundraising is much higher than in those other places. Children can see that, oh, wow, wait a second, I'm privileged. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then even within school, there's the friend groups, but maybe your friend groups aren't necessarily the people who are on your same team. And there's the learning there of, you know, I wouldn't have connected with this person or I wouldn't have decided to befriend this person, but this sport brought us together and we have this in common and, and have formed a and formed a bond. And I think that's true of various communities around different sports, whether it's, you know, um, you know, our, our learn to skate classes have brought together people that I think wouldn't have otherwise ever connected, that, that they aren't in the same friend groups, but they are now in the same skating class. And so the parents get to know each other that way. And so I think there's, I think that, I think there aren't many parts of our society as much because now you can choose kind of, well, you have some more saying kind of where you live, for example, or if you go to a religious organization or church or not, and, and it's easier to kind of get on Facebook and to have a smaller friend group. Uh, and it's, it's not as you're not bumping into and establishing relationships with as many strangers, I guess, um, or, or community members as you would have before. Yeah, that's that's a great point. Do you have any resources for families out there that wish to get their kids in sports that don't have the the economical resources that other family might have? Yeah, right now we're we're really excited about starting to build our community and our and our hockey fan community. Um, obviously, we're a we're a professional sports team, but hockey is a little bit different because it doesn't necessarily come with the infrastructure that a lot of other major sports come with. If you're a basketball player, you can go down the street and play at your park and play basketball. Or if you're a football player, you can go to the field and baseball, there's baseball fields. And so there's, there's kind of a built-in infrastructure for a lot of our major sports and soccer, obviously too, but, but hockey is a little bit different where uh, you need an ice rink in order to, in order to really play. Uh, And in a lot of communities, especially 
uh, along the West Coast, but a lot of communities just in general, they don't necessarily have a, a community ice rink. And so one of the things that we were really excited about and committed to was uh, bringing community ice rink to Seattle and putting uh, a rink with uh, multiple rinks inside of it that we actually have three ice rinks inside of our one Northgate building. Uh, and so we had kind of a lot of opportunity to bring the community in. And as we were getting that set up, we still knew that while yes, it was going to be kind of close to light rail. And yes, it was in a city, but there's still going to be a lot of barriers to entry for a lot of families. Hockey uh, and the figure skating and other skating is, is quite expensive mm -hmm. um, just to participate, just to sign up. And then the equipment is oh, yeah. very expensive Ooh. oftentimes. Yes. Uh, and then obviously all the other cultural cultural pieces around the game that that aren't necessarily always welcoming. You know, it's, it's, it's easier to find resources on soccer in Spanish. It's easier to, you know, have connections uh, to amazing, uh, to look up to amazing baseball players, Latino, Latina descent, right? And, and, and that's not as true with, with a sport like hockey. And so we looked at a lot of these barriers and, and said, you know, how can we address them? And so one of the things we set up was a, a financial assistance program that offers 75% uh, off to 90% off for families wow. interested in signing up. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, we were able to take something like a 200 dollar uh, learn to skate class. So for every class, it's about $30 or so. It's a seven week course, seven week class, class a week. And we were able to take that kind of down to, to $20 or so and, and or a little bit less. And so then that family only has to pay a couple dollars a week. Obviously, there's still transportation and getting a person there and, and some other barriers. Uh, but that was something that we felt like would be really, really helpful in terms of making our, our sport more accessible, getting families there. And so that's one of the things we're doing. We're providing some free camp, you know, free camp clinic opportunities uh, and trying to get the word out around that events. Uh, where people can come and just check out the facility and really making the facility a real community center rather than just a, an ice rink. So if you want to come in and just get Starbucks, if you want to come in and just nice. sit down and read, you're, you're more than welcome. And, and I think that's one of the really beautiful things about the building. And then one other thing that we did, knowing that the other challenge with hockey and skating is that it does starts younger than a lot of other sports. Uh, gymnastics is kind of similar swimming. We say that hockey is a lot more like swimming than it is other sports. And so we worked with some early childhood learning centers to try to get them to come um, during their school day uh, because we have a little bit more availability during the school day. And so we can bring in kind of youth groups uh, of that age range uh, during the day and they can get on the ice and do a little bit of skating. One group is actually going to come Every, they are coming every Wednesday from an early childhood learning center. So we have about 60 wow. kids every Wednesday that arrive on a bus. Yeah, that's from the, uh, the organization called Rewa Refugee Women's Alliance. Mm -hmm. uh, and they have early childhood learning centers in Lake City and in Beacon Hill and in Rainier Valley. Uh, and so uh, 60 kids, 20 from each of those locations all come on Wednesdays for a, for a learn to skate, which is oh. really that's neat. That's wonderful. I'm so glad. Need to start early to lose that fear of falling mm -hmm. uh, and and to be used to that. And the earlier we start, the better. Also, in instruments and other other skills is really important. Yeah. 
What is your advice for families or teachers out there about helping children with physical activity? One of the things that that always is for young people and kids in particular is so impressionable, you know, trying to get them to see a game or see an activity. For us, obviously, we, we play in the NHL, the National Hockey League, but there's Thunderbirds who play down in Kent uh, mm-hmm. and the Silvertips who play up in Everett. Uh, and so those those teams are kind of they're minor league hockey, the WHL, uh, and they do uh, an amazing job of creating a really family fun atmosphere. Um, obviously, you know, seeing college sports, seeing high school sports, feel like all of those seeing kind of different levels is always really encouraging to kids. Uh, because of course, when you see see the professionals, it's like that seems very far away uh, and perhaps very challenging. Uh, but seeing, you know, young people who are a bit closer to your age uh, can be really inspiring. And again, seeing seeing that in person, I feel like is is great. If, you know, you can't be there in person, I think there's still some great movies, videos, TV around sports. Uh, I grew up and was inspired by the by the Mighty Ducks uh, film series. And so growing up in Minnesota as a, as a young kid, seeing um, those those actors, you know, playing hockey always made me want to want to continue to play. There's always those those great cultural touchstones around, you know, basketball or baseball, sandlot, etc. that are just great when you see you know, kids having fun playing sports and and really encourages kids to kind of get out there and play with their with their friends. Any book recommendations for parents to read on how to support your child on any sports? Children's books in general are always just so powerful in terms of just the words and the imagery. Mm -hmm. Uh, So incorporating children's book feature sport or include sport are really great. Kids uh, get older, having them read, you know, chapter books around a young person in a sport I feel like that's always another place where they're learning a lot of lessons and and can take something from those pages and apply it to their life and so yeah I think those are I think those are two things that I would point to but yeah you know for hockey there's a great one that I love called my granny loves hockey uh, and that's about a grandmother and a granddaughter I think it's just a, a really beautiful beautiful book and then another one that we like to point to is uh, hockey night in Kenya uh, which I do believe was a part of the um, Seattle public schools kind of reading challenge this year oh and so that's a that's another great book and, and includes you know great representation and so there 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 are so many others yeah I think that it's it's just really important to find a variety of ways to connect sport with learning with life with everything that a kid might be going thank you so much uh, for being here with us. I really appreciate your broader wisdom about sports and staying active with the children. Thank you so much for the privilege to interview you. No, no problem at all. Thank you for having me and I'm excited to, to continue to connect. Thank you for listening to another episode of Parenting Takes a Village. I encourage you to start exercising with your students, your children, or the children in your life, or watching a sports or playing a sport. It could be hockey, it could be basketball, it could be just simply running riding the bike. As Kyle mentioned, sports and exercise is a great lesson in life for children. Until next time. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the North Seattle College Parent Education Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Visit our website for more information and be sure to like us on Facebook and Instagram to learn more about our upcoming events. See you next time.